This is the At 530 on Main podcast. I'm Sean Collins. And I'm Mike Davis. And we're here to discuss the convergence of digital and physical experiences in today's world. With Extend Group as an expert in designing online experiences and VPS Architecture, an expert on creating physical experiences, you will hear unique discussions on technology, theory, and more that merges our separate areas of expertise into one podcast experience. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoy today's At 530 on Main podcast episode. Welcome to the At 530 on Main podcast here in the Extension Studio, Evansville, Indiana. Today is the day. And here with uh, host Mike Davis from VPS. Mike, how you doing? Good. Glad to be here. Yeah. Awesome day. Although it's getting hot and muggy, I don't know. Evansville weather, right? Oh, sign me up. Sign me up. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Got to spend the weekend in Columbus, and it was on turf fields, all, you know, rubber is 100 degrees. Are you kidding me? But enough about that. Today in the Extension Studio, we have an awesome guest. Um, Jennifer Evans, you know Jennifer, what, probably six, seven years now? Yeah. Probably longer than that, actually. Uh, Time just flies. It does. It does does so we have jennifer evans she's the development director of mesker park zoo and botanic garden here in evansville indiana she has over 22 years of experience leading community-based projects for nonprofits, city state and federal programs prior to working at the zoo she was the active alumni and community engagement director for leadership everyone Her career is involved in civic-minded involvement that's produced a path of public service, community engagement, and activating initiatives, groups, and individuals toward improving the quality of life in Evansville, Indiana region. I mean, listen to these results that she's been able to produce. Um, Building the Kenny, Family Penguins of Patagonia. Is that right? Did I say that right? That's correct. It's a mouthful. Got that out right the first time. (laughs) Boom. Opening this summer. We've been waiting uh, for that as a community for quite some time. Very, very excited to hear about that. Mickey's Kingdom, Evansville, Riverfront Playground. That is a phenomenal success. Already being expanded on here in the community. Skateboard Park coming up. Former skateboarder going, yeah. (laughs) Um, we have the Evansville Promise Zone planning team. You helped uh, put that together, working to organize, plan, and uh, submit the federal application to HUD. North Main Street mural, Jacobsville Neighborhood Quality of Life Plan. We have the Evansville Streets Alive, North Main Complete Street Project, Young Leaders United Benefit, Dodgeball Battle. I mean, yeah. thank you so much for leaning in to mm-hmm. our community. Welcome to F530 on Main. Thank you. It's good to be here. Out of all those things, you know, we talk about the experience. Which one right now is is the experience of the moment? Experience of the moment is Penguins of Patagonia. Yeah. Yes. So from day one of starting work at the zoo, um, that has been my focus in helping the uh, zoo team in the city raise all of those funds that are needed for that project. And it's a seven point three million dollar project wow yeah yeah and it says right here that's opening this summer you know it is yeah it is so um it'll still be hot whether or not we call that summer (laughs) (laughs) is another story but we are hoping and in the focus and target time is sometime in september it should be opening so uh we're just kind of waiting for construction to wrap up there we have a lot of different interpretive installations that will go in once construction's complete, along with something really cool that the zoo does. Instead of creating like a plaque with mm-hmm. donor names on it, we are actually creating a sculpture that's done with a local artist, a local designer, plus an artist that is, I believe, in Wisconsin. Wow. Yeah, so just some really cool things. So what is the onboarding experience for a penguin in Evansville, 
Indiana? Like, how do we, how do they, how do they get to come in? How, and how do we introduce them to our community? Yeah. Is so, there a whole process for that? So there is a process for the penguins and, and really for any animal. So mm-hmm. Mesker Park Zoo is an AZA accredited zoo. And what that means is we get the opportunity to work with other AZA accredited zoos and aquariums throughout the country. And part of our mission is species preservation. So we're not going out in the wild. We're not going to Peru to collect penguins. We are working with other zoos and aquariums to acquire penguins that are being hatched in their facilities. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. And there's like this whole process of a collections team and experts throughout America that work at all these zoos and aquariums that lead these different species. It's called the Species Survival Plan. And they work in building good genetics within the populations that zoos and aquariums manage. So another way to kind of put it is very similar to like a Noah's Ark. Okay. Okay. And that's kind of how the zoos and aquariums operate nowadays. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking a little bit beforehand about the the construction and the process and you were you were talking about uh like three stories of facilities just to manage like the filtration and all those things that you know i guess the community probably you know the behind the scenes won't get to see that but the important you know gears inside of that uh facility and mike was commenting on welcome to Welcome to architecture. Yeah, welcome to our world. 65% of what we do, no one sees it. Yeah. It's all behind the scenes and building systems and structure. Exactly. That's what's needed to sustain the operation to manage the population. And we'll roughly, you know, our exhibit will house about 20 penguins and their chicks as time goes on. to think of that amount of infrastructure yeah. for 20 <laughs> chicks is pretty miraculous, you know. Yeah. Um, and just a lot of things people won't see, but it is there to help keep um, the habitat, you know, clean and, and operational and functional for the penguins. Um, one of the kind of myths I think that I tend to bust a lot for folks is that the Humboldt penguin, which is the penguin that we're receiving, is actually a warm climate penguin. So we're not talking about the ice and snow Mm -hmm. types of situations, but they get their name because of the Humboldt current that runs through the Atlantic, I want to say. So it runs through there, and that's the cool water system. So one of the cool things that we're doing is we've created a geothermal system that runs from our lake, Lake Victoria, in the center of the zoo, underground to help control that water system and and its temperature. So that's kind of a cool feature, too, that's not going to be visible to people. Yeah. Yeah, so how do you... I'm going to skip ahead. So how do you do that? The zoo is a physical experience, right? Different buildings, different animals, not only for the viewers, but for the animals, different habitats. And if you, you know, you kind of mentioned it when we walked in, but can people get disconnected if they don't have kids Mm -hmm. that come to the zoo? So what are you guys doing to keep that experience or connect people with that experience as much as you can? That's a good question. So a lot of the things that we do just to kind of keep people connected, because it is a family centric, um, you know, piece of our culture. And what we do is we have a lot of different events um, to kind of bring in more people in in that experience. And we also go out in the community, mostly through our docent program. So our volunteers go out and help us educate the community and and connect people to the natural world that way. So, Yeah, because there is an education, I guess a knowledge component, right? Just like you were saying with the penguin. If you don't know that, then... Right. Most people probably go, Yeah. this is the whatever penguin that lives in Antarctica. Or <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And they have a lot of different tools that they use um, that are called biofacts. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, it could be skin from a specific um, cat species or the skeletal sure. remains of a species and things that where, you know, people can actually see and touch and, 
and kind of experience it that way as well. So very cool stuff. Yeah, or my favorite experiences. Now that I have a five-year-old, so the first time we took him, uh, I want to say he was like three. Might have been Boo at the zoo. He got to see a, a rhino poo, so he was very <laughs> excited about that. Poo's exciting. That, he thought that was the best thing at ever. the zoo for children. It <laughs> it absolutely is, and we just finished. Um, our education team just finished their summer camp series. Yeah, and. That camp this year, I, it was packed. We were sold out every week. And it's just different age ranges, but that is a topic for camp, <laughs> and the kids love it. So, yeah. So, the penguins are new. How do, how do you plan the, the overall, you know, navigation and, and get individuals to still go to, I don't know, what, when I was a kid, it was the wolf den, and they had that section there, and, and there was all the other pieces. How do you keep navigating people mm-hmm. back to the heritage of once was there? Plus, you have the tropical rainforest. You have all those things. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you how do you architect that that experience and get them to go? Hey, you still need to go here. You need to go here. Mm-hmm. Don't go just check out the penguins or go to the right. you know yeah. the rainforest experience. Like, go over here and look at. at where we really started yeah and I think a lot of the things that kind of we created in the past they have some somehow either gone away and what I'm going to mention is very popular the monkey ship yeah so that is that exhibit which is not even um, an active exhibit there's no animal and has not been an animal in it for probably decades now (laughs) Um, is in our collective memory. Yes. And it gets passed on, not because of the zoo. I mean, yes, we still, you know, keep it up and that kind of thing, but it gets passed on through the different generations that remember it. Um, And just that nostalgia piece, I think, for the community is how a lot of those um, past traditions and exhibits and, and things actually get passed through. Yeah, the stories like when I was a kid this was down here and this is what I like you know mom dad grandma grandpa aunt uncle whatever it is want to take them on on their history tour if you will yeah. and when I was a kid there was 50 you know monkeys three different you know types and and but it's still there and like you said yeah. like I'm sure that if there wasn't that there then you would probably have some conflict as well that, mm-hmm. you know why is that and yeah uh, but it is and it's there and you preserve it it's yeah. thank you it's, for doing it's that it's a it's a piece of our history um and i think that is kind of the cool thing now that you mention it is that not only is it adults that are sharing the the stories and the history with the kids and and whatnot as they visit through the zoo but it is an experience where the kids sometimes are the teachers to the adults mm-hmm. yeah. whenever they come to the zoo. And the zoo provides the animals, the care, the habitats, the interpretive messaging for that animal and that type of thing. But it is the visitor that guides themselves and teaches themselves. So that's kind of a neat, a neat way to experience it. Oh, absolutely. It's not like you have to show up and then you go on your guided tour and you're done. I mean, mm-hmm. you can create your day in that that overall. Yeah. So how is that, I mean, planned from now to the future? And, and is there a, I mean, how do you go to what's next after penguins? <laughs> For this creative pioneer that goes, what's next? Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. How, does, how does that all come about? So um, what occurred is actually the zoo, and this was pre-me, Um, came in and did a feasibility study to determine what Mesker as a zoo and and the capacity that they have and the capacity that our community has, um, what could be created. So I know after penguins, and there will probably be a little bit of a pause, Mm -hmm. you know, we'll be busy with our our little colony. Um, But... After penguins, it, I believe the focus will be on our Africa, our Africa mm-hmm. um, animals and habitats. So looking at the whole little region within the zoo yeah. for the African ones. So. Excellent. Yeah. 
Yeah. So as we move through the you know discussion of of the zoo and and really everything that that you've helped build in the community, mm -hmm. we always ask the question. You know, we've probably already said it seventy two times on this podcast. What does the word experience mean to you? Experience. Um, for me, I believe it would be the authentic engagement in in a moment in the presence of now I'm going to try not to get too existential mm -hmm. but it is that engagement in in being in the present so that could be any type of experience yeah and and to think that you know there's probably generations that that experience of being present in the moment is multifaceted multi things going all at once and and being able to to put it down and really go and and focus on what you're taking in what you're putting out and, mm -hmm. and the mm -hmm. moment that it takes to do that um, can can be very difficult today and, and th that's what you know, Mike <laughs> and I often talk about it like how do we retain that attention and how do we build that you know whether it be in a, a digital campaign or um, you know a storytelling piece or as individuals walk through a particular facility how do we get them to engage in in that so you know you've talked a little bit and about your experience with within Mesker Park Zoo but like tell me about like you know how Mickey's Kingdom and the Promise Zone and all those things have helped you play a role in how mm -hmm. individuals are experiencing Evansville I mean you have a passion for that and, mm -hmm. and uh, we thank you for that. So just tell us, you know, a little bit about the history of, of how you went through it. It's, yeah. it's been a wonderful story. It's it's a it's a huge amount of work <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that occurred. It feels like sometimes in a very short amount of time. Um, and Mike, I think you were even with me with the United Way yeah. dodgeball uh, battle, and that went through various hands now as far as the leadership and that type of thing but it was just the the desire to be involved and to find out what our community needed um united way was a great way for me to do that initially and to to be active and i did other things with them um but i became part of this young leaders united and we didn't have a fundraiser and wanted to do one and just kind of said, you know, brainstormed what are some things you think that would get our generation involved and threw out dodgeball and it kind of just happened. Yeah. Um, and it was it was a lot of fun. It was quirky. Yeah. Well, and it's always amazing to me. Is I think both of you know it's it's easy to find a lot of people that will tell you what they want, what we need, what should be different. But the people that roll up their sleeves and actually get it done, very few. And they always seem to be recycled. <laughs> so that's why I could, list grows longer, right? Because you get yeah. asked, hey, she got that done. She got that done. Yeah. Let's ask her yeah. to be part of this next thing. Exactly. And and it can definitely sometimes lead to burnout. Too, yeah. You know? Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so it just kind of escalated from there. Um, and I worked for... Um, Echo Housing at the time, whenever I was doing the, the Young Leaders United, and that's how I got involved in the Jacobsville neighborhood, um, being its community mobilizer yeah. through some grants there. And once we got into the, the neighborhood revitalization and, and all that stuff and figured out mm -hmm. what it is that would improve the quality of life there, uh, we were able to layer that into other initiatives so from there you know definitely infrastructure like the north main complete street i can't tell you how many like blocks that i walked with neighborhood residents to get signatures for a petition yeah. to make that happen um but from there you know going into well that's great and good but if the crime doesn't improve in this neighborhood then nothing's going to get better so then we reached out through a federal grant received the criminal justice grant and started working with all different layers of government along with the neighborhood to 
to reduce crime. And at that point in time, it was definitely showing signs of improvement. Yeah. Um, the North Main Street mural, that was just kind of another project that was handed to me. Um, we received this grant. We have an artist. Yeah. We need the community to come and paint this mural. And that was one of the most unexpected, fun projects that I had worked on. We were working day and night. Yeah. We had different community artists that came in and said, you know, hey, we'll teach people mm -hmm. how to do this. But we had people from all over the city that were stopping by and, and painting different sections of that mural. Um, we had people bringing us food because they knew that we weren't stopping. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we had, you know, a live DJ that would provide music for inspiration. It was it was just a lot of fun to create that. Yeah. And all along, I'm sure, you know, how you spread that message is is still the tried and true word of mouth. I'm sure digital, you know, and, and social was utilized mm -hmm. and how you tell that story with that. Um, as you as you look at any of these, you know, which do you have one that sits close to your heart, like is my favorite? <laughs> I'm, I'm probably going to have to say Mickey's Kingdom because it was a very similar experience to that mural but it lasted much longer as far as the actual work mm -hmm. yeah um it involved definitely more people and my piece of it was i worked with a cohort on it and um or a co-captain and um we had to raise the money or receive the product yeah to feed 3500 people in two weeks three meals a day plus snacks that was required yeah um in order to do the community build but we were able to do it and not only did we do it but we actually had so much left over not at the end of the actual build but every day that we were able to donate leftover product to local shelters Amazing. so you know that was just a tremendous experience and I remember the the first day of the build, we were setting up for dinner, and two little boys, probably about 10 years old, came up and said, hey, what are y'all doing? We're building a playground. Uh -huh. We're getting ready to feed the crews. Well, how do we get food? Well, you have to volunteer to build. Yeah. Here's some information to take home to your guardians. Uh -huh. If they agree, you guys come back with them and sign up, and we will feed you every day for the next two weeks. Yeah. And those little boys went home, came back in 30 minutes, signed up, and they were there every day working and every day eating. And it, it was truly things like that is, is what gets to me and gets to my heart. Yeah. Yeah, and now looking at... A future expansion do you ever just go over and, and walk the uh, the river there and just sit and kind of reflect on it I mean yeah. it, it's a beautiful piece it is there. it is I get to and I get to see it every day it's on my way to work and, and back to home yeah. but every day I get to see it twice a day so and just to see the people out using it and loving it is is wonderful yeah so that personal experience, how much does it shape what you do, how you do it? Mm -hmm. It shapes me a lot. Um, and I say it often, and, and I think most of my coworkers at the zoo knows that I'm probably, even though I have a tremendous passion for animals, for conservation, for our environment, and that type of thing, I am probably one of the few staff people that went to the zoo for people. Yeah, um, that is is always near and dear to my heart. Is how can I get the message out to people about this wonderful mm -hmm. thing that we've created or that we're doing? Um, and one of the really cool things that we just launched at the zoo this year is a community membership program. So what we were able to do was to find. Uh, underwriter grant through United Way actually and um, 
to support the the program to provide memberships to families who are recipient of SNAP benefits for $5. And that that would include the entire year of general admission for two adults in their household plus all of their children. So they get the same member benefits as anyone else, but just for five bucks. Yeah, and that thing, I mean, it, it surprised us. I wanna say within two and a half months, we're nearing 500 families, which is roughly 1,600 people, I think, yeah. um, that now get to experience the zoo. And to hear their comments and enthusiasm, a lot of adults haven't been to the zoo since I was a kid. I came, yeah. I came for a field trip once. Yeah, you know, and so excited to be able to come again is wonderful. So, is our is that passion from being a native? Are are you a, a native here? Are you, you know, a tra- like where where does that come from? Did you grow up here or mm-hmm. did you come in? I I grew up in Evansville on the yeah. north side. Yeah. Yeah, went to Central High School. That's important. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. That's why I always ask. It's you know there there is that uh, that home here, and mm-hmm. where is that? And uh, love to hear and, and see the mind sh- shift a little bit into the Evansville region as a f- few other organizations start to push that out, and yeah. we're, we're able to see the impact of not only our little uh, can't really call it borough. I mean, we don't have yeah. that, right? No. And now it's our yeah. neighborhoods, right? Yeah, absolutely, our neighborhoods. Yeah. Yeah, I would say probably my passion, though, for it, um, just it's it's very sincere. It is, I can, I can tell people all day long about the greatness of different things, but let me show you. Yeah. Because that's the only way that you're going to really, I think, connect people yeah. to what it is you're wanting to connect them to mm-hmm. um, and to possibly change opinions if if they have one that isn't so positive about it so really it's just that let me let me show you yeah and that 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 goes to once again being present going into you know 70 plus percent of of the population being very present-minded very relationship driven Mm -hmm. what does it mean to the community what's the impact how does it how is it making people better? Um, how can can they grow through it? What are the systems, processes, standards that have went in to make that? And if you can make that connection with them, and, and as you said, yeah. show them, not yes. you know, don't send me an email or send me you know a video or whatever it is, you know, let's have a a real conversation around and let me walk you around it. Let me show you what that yeah. looks like. Um, I mean that directly goes to the results you've been able to see here. It's not just mm-hmm. passed on through a, I would say, a, a digital tool or whatever right. that is. It's you personally guiding them along, saying, and, and shaping uh, their perceptions of yeah. where we're at. It's, it's great. You bring me back here, Mike. Where, where are we little, getting back to? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the highly important question. So, yeah, yeah. yeah being a native of, of Evansville and uh, so what's a space, you know, because talk about the zoo and that's mm-hmm. a spatial experience, but what's a space or someplace you go and it, it just made you emotional, like you got just like, wow, the all, whether it was all struck or you're just like the impact emotionally because of, mm-hmm. of what the moment meant. Yeah. Does it, does it have to be a space here? Can it be it anywhere? It can be anywhere. Okay. Anywhere. anywhere. Okay. So, um. What what kind of hit me, I think, emotionally in all senses was in 2017, the eclipse. Okay. So I was like one of those crazy people who didn't have a plan and yeah. just drove <laughs> just to like, Eclipse City, Hopkinsville, yeah. Kentucky, USA, <laughs> <laughs> that morning uh, of, yes, yeah. and um, went with one of my friends, Nick, and... We get there, and it's probably mid-morning by the time we get there, and there's, like, people had signs in their yards, you know, charging people, hey, you can come sit in my yard and watch this thing for $50 today. (laughs) So we pull into a Walmart parking lot, which was packed with campers and RVs, people who had been camping out for days, apparently, um, 
and and just like it was so exciting just to be there amongst this crowd of people and the activities that were going on and people socializing and there was just like this buzz i mean it was thousands of people and there's like this buzz in the air and you know we're just that small dot in hopkinsville that day um but the moment that it went into the full solar eclipse and the silence that mm -hmm. came upon that crowd yeah. in that moment was incredible and there was probably about 20 seconds of silence and then all of a sudden you start hearing champagne bottles <laughs> popping the corks and that's all you heard yeah. and i mean it was it was just you know i'm sitting before the universe god whatever entity right. you believe in i'm sitting before creation at this point um watching and experiencing this with all of these people that I don't, you know, complete strangers, but we're all here together. Yeah. And that to me was just very an e emotional experience. Yeah, very unique, you know, everybody along that path. Yeah. I mean, yeah. which was very, because we were here, we climbed up on top of this building and, mm -hmm. and watched, but it was very eerie because it wasn't a, you know, here it's not full eclipse, you see it. Yeah. But it's dark enough, all the lights came on on Main Street. Yeah. when it got to a point so it was but it was like an eerie glow i guess about it or. absolutely yeah i had on a um what do you call it the um welder's mask yeah yeah so i was just able to look directly at it and to see the corona spitting out around it was very cool um and i can't wait because the next one which is only a few years away is going to be here in evansville oh yeah the full total nice. yeah Totally Party close. on the roof. I know. Go. We, we better, we better, and I'm man. saying we better get ready from what <laughs> I experienced there. Mm -hmm. We better be ready as a community. Yeah. So I'm going to borrow one of Mike's questions here that he always asks. Um, as you were talking about the welder's helmet for that, you know, piece, what's a, what's a tool or uh, something that you use every day that couldn't be any better? It, it's well designed. <laughs> I hate I hate myself for even having to admit this at this point, but it's going to be my mobile phone. Yeah. yeah, it is an extension of me. Yeah, yeah, that is the. I'm pretty sure that's about eighty percent. Yeah, responses. a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people. Phone, smartwatch, whatever. Yeah, you're just that's just how we are now, and it it, it for me it's like watch having a five year old yeah. and he's like. Occasionally, I'll say, get off your phone. I'm like, geez, my five-year-old's smarter than me. And I'll go, yeah. you know, throw it in the, on the counter in the kitchen and walk away and just, again, be in the moment yeah. and enjoy what's happening and playing. But we are so connected to it. Mm -hmm. It is a part of us because it connects us to the broader Right, it's the right. it's the information, the communication, yeah. and it can do so many things. It connects us to our friends, to our work, our loved ones, our memories. Now, yeah, um, it entertains us. Um, it it is very powerful to think how much we depend on the mobile phone. And I would love to say that I'm above all of this. I really would. <laughs> and I mean, because even most people don't realize that I've not owned a television in over 10 years. I don't watch really? TV. Um, and I try not to watch the news. Yes. Um, if, if I can get by with that. But yeah, to and to be that connected to a mobile device just it yeah. cracks me up because it's not where I was trying to be. Well, it's interesting, like my 15-year-old, like I've always had the experience of, you, you know, you have the big TV, you have the sound, you know, system, you have the entertainment built all around and, and, and doesn't even want to engage in that, you know, like yeah. he has the PlayStation 5 and he plays it on this little, you know, gaming monitor when he's, you know, has the 65-inch TV with the clips and all that stuff where it could be sound like all that but now it's like so much where you're at mm -hmm. that the mobile phone has replaced almost th that whole room 
of yes. things at this point. Like, you know, net, like I'll be, I'll walk by and he'll be sitting on the couch. And I'm like, are you on Snapchat again? What are you? No, I'm watching Netflix or I'm watching who I'm, I'm literally watching Michigan football or, you know, I'm watching Vanderbilt baseball. I'm like, why? Like right here mm -hmm. when you can put it up on the TV <laughs> and you can have sound and you can, it's fine right here, dad. Like I'm, it's it's here where I'm Isn't at. Isn't that strange? It is very unique and very strange to me today because, yeah, I mean, I'm built in, you know, we have an entertainment room with all the mm -hmm. stuff. And for me personally, I'm connected to that. Like, mm -hmm. I, I love the sound. I love the rumble. I love turning my movies up and action where it rumbles the house yeah. and things like that. My children absolutely despise that. They want it, like, I want it at 75. They want it at 30. You know the you know the music and and the sound system and they don't experience it that way. No. They don't want it that way. They have their head you know they have their ear not even both AirPods. It's just one. And yeah. Like, How can that be? And you know that it is a curious question. The why? Like I mean, not that it's a judgmental, but yeah. the preference. Like why do you prefer it that way? Yeah. Well, I once again, it's what uh, to me. It's what that story of growing up. Mm. We went to the movie theaters because we wanted to see it on the big screen. Yeah. We wanted to feel the rumble. You know, you wanted to be in the chair. Mm -hmm. You wanted to feel that, and that was the way I was first brought into right. the infotain. You know, infotainment world of, of that's how you experience yeah. a movie, and now. You know, the, the new ones that are coming out, Disney Plus and all those things, like my daughter could watch the new Mulan, you know, during COVID. It just came mm -hmm. out mm -hmm. on Disney Plus, streamed it, whatever. It was just like the ticket. Hmm. So it's how quickly, you know, it's shaping mm -hmm. the overall. Um, Mine's the phone calls. Text messages, phone calls. Yeah. Yeah, remember? We're all old enough. Yeah, better plan your weekend with everybody at school on Friday. Where, what are you doing Saturday night? Because then it's trying to call their house, and if they're not home, you're just yeah. And if you, you had a car, you could drive. Yeah, if you you're could older, drive. you know, you could drive. Yeah, or you could drive around. Are they home? Yeah. Then you have to find a payphone. And I talk about call that somebody <laughs> a lot with my partner about yeah. our experiences the in high day. school compared yeah. to now. Yeah. And doing all of that. Well. I can remember, I mean, pagers and then the brick phones and the bag phones and all that stuff. And I was fortunate to have have those. And even at the time, it it as much as I wanted to say that it was keeping me in it, but at some time it was like a nuisance. Mm -hmm. But even today, we want more and more, you know, yeah. of it. My watch is telling me, I was telling someone the other day, I said, I was fine with my, my phone in the car. I could just... It was fine, right. but my Apple Watch has caused almost more accidents for me <laughs> because the minute that I get a text vibrates. message or it mm -hmm. vibrates, I immediately put it right up in front of my face ah, when I'm driving see, to read what it was. Yeah. And there's been a couple times where I've got pretty close, and it's not the, the cell phone that's creating it. it. It's the watch because it's just got the, the rattle, and I look at it, and then the next thing I know, whoa, right there, the, my car's like putting on the brakes and yeah. doing yeah. all the yeah I've got save me stuff. I've got one too and I never knew that I would care about checking my blood pressure and pulse rate yeah. <laughs> every day as much as I do now so it's it's impressive how technology or the interfaces of it has shaped us I've read and I can't remember where um, a, a stat for how Facebook has shaped event goers, it's actually increased like over 30% because they were relating it to how COVID and lockdown and all that stuff yeah, kind of forced people out. But more people were going to events in order to post something about it on social media and Facebook being kind of the first, really, yeah. um, that they yeah. attended events, and it actually increased <laughs> the attendance and, and popularity of events. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that is, it, that is the way we all 
you know, communicate what's going on. Like the my son's generation again is is all Snapchat, mm-hmm. and the communication is really weird for me because literally it's just streaks. Have you experienced like yes, like boom, like I, and he'll just go through and he'll take this just random shot or whatever it is and pick it and and make sure that everybody sees it. I'm like, why would anybody want to see that? Well, we have to keep our streak and we have to like. For what? Because, yeah. like, uh, yeah. yeah. My problem is still finding out about stuff before it happens. It's still a challenge. Really? Like, I always feel like I find out always the way in Evansville. Oh, they did what at the zoo? That wasn't on, like, these two sites I went to yeah. check what's going on this weekend. And then you find out someone posts something and you're like, oh, that would have been fun. Yeah, it's it's still kind of that word of mouth yeah. vibe, I think, for social media. Like, that's at least where I get a lot of good information, mm-hmm. useful information. Um, it is interesting, too, you know, like the whole Snapchat, the rewarding the aspect. And I, and I did read, and it could have been the same article, about how now Instagram doesn't give you all of your like notifications all it like as they're happening Mm -hmm. they wait and give you like a little bit at a time delayed (laughs) delayed gratification that's exactly what it is and i'm like this is insane we are we are being trained yeah to behave a certain way yep wally yeah if you haven't watched that movie that's been a while like that's what we're becoming right there yeah yeah (laughs) yeah flying chair of course now you know it's 50 50 that we're in the matrix so what's that i forget i'd have to go back and watch Mm. i forget who said that there's a couple of people like elon musk and whoever and they're like oh it's about 50 50 now we're in the matrix well we're flying to the moon now yeah well it had something to do with the progression you know so how the iPhone gets introduced or email and how fast it's taking over. And, and so that up curve is now we're at, you know, in the eighties, you're oh yeah probably like yeah. whatever percent and yeah, because technology is advancing so fast. The last 10 years have, I, I can't remember the number and I don't I like the last 10 years have blown by the last thousand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So quickly that like, the way in which the computer chip or the chip and everything is multiplying, like that AI, you know, artificial mm-hmm. intelligence along with the augmented reality with the virtual reality and all the Oculus and all that, like could be very soon living in, in that portion of it. Commercial, uh, we have commercial astronauts, or they were well, last week, not anymore. Yeah, yeah. not anymore. And not anymore. They have to go a little they higher now, that. right? And they yeah. have to. Yeah, the <laughs> interesting piece is you have to go and actually perform some scientific yes. purpose to be to an be astronaut. called an astronaut. What well, do you think about that? I can respect that for the ones who have come before. Yeah? Yes. Um, whether or not I really have an opinion about it, Probably not at this point. I would like to know a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. That's where I am. Just yeah. like any profession, you know, as most people know. Most people, some people know and some people don't understand. It's like, you're not, you're not paying me right. because I'm an architect. You're paying me for all this experience and knowledge I've built up over my career. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Whereas, and I look at it the same way. You're, mm-hmm. Well, you're an astronaut because you built a plane and went up so high and came back down. Well, astronauts have a career. Right. A lot of them through the military or through flying or net, whatever it might be, scientific means. And yeah. yeah. So they're really an astronaut because of that career, not just because they simply went to space. It's, it's kind of the way I look yeah. at it. And so, yeah, one day when we have a, what, how much tourism can you do, right? And everybody going to be an astronaut. Eh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so maybe they need to come up with a new like, yeah. a new name Cause we go to, a new label. Right? I look at it kind of like we go to the Grand Canyon or Yosemite or somewhere. Yeah. 
we're not park rangers. Yeah. Exactly. Right? Well, so, yeah, I mean, you can have a pet. It doesn't make you a zookeeper, yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it at full circle to Mesker Park. Yeah. yeah. The great things going on there, right? Good job. <laughs> Thanks. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, as we start, we are, wow, 46 minutes in looking at the little timer over here on the screen. Um, is there a specific person, product, brand that you think has the most holistic experience? Like, who's doing it right? Person, Project. place, product, brand. Like, hmm. That's that's really hard to say. Who's doing it right? Because right now it's so tough for anyone to do it right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that I necessarily do but I give a lot of props to anyone who is listening to the younger generations um, or to consumers as a whole to find out um, huge huge life changer for me and I was on that path to becoming a vegetarian yeah I hadn't yet until I started working at the zoo connected it to our environment and conservation and got some of the messaging there. Not that everyone at the zoo is a vegetarian. Mm -hmm. They're not. Um, but, you know, I think kind of as a global society to see products that come out for vegan, to see how our grocery stores are changing to accommodate all of these different lifestyle diets that we have. Yeah. Um, packaging is another huge thing to see that kind of being transformed now there's a vitamin company who's not putting their vitamins into a jar they're putting it into foil bags mm. to reduce you know the plastics and and all that kind of stuff yeah. um so i think anyone who's making an effort towards environment conservation and listening to the consumers and sometimes we're just loudest by how we spend our dollars mm. um is is people that are doing it right. Yeah. Uh, Steve Cockrum from, he's got a quote, he's one of the giant worldwide leaders and founders of, of that. And he said, you know, the ones that are doing it right are the ones that are the most interested, not interesting. Mm -hmm. they're, they're more interested in what's going on around them and the feedback than making the notion that they are interesting. They, yeah talk less they lean in more and I really value that quote that he, he came up with and I've, I've really uh, that is uh, what you're saying there is, is is true because I think those brands and the next or those individuals that that do that are going to make leaps and bounds and, and make our communities and uh, mm -hmm. much more impactful absolutely and, and and have that collaboration with others of the big well, show yeah it's yeah. solving a problem mm -hmm. right i mean it's not i always look at it and I'll try to keep politics out of it but it's not looking to somebody else to solve problems it's solving the problems right mm -hmm. if you you know buy buy coffee i think about coffee but buy coffee in recyclable packages instead of mm -hmm. you know plastic containers right. then you're helping to solve the problem yeah it might cost you a little yeah. more but now you're part of the solution instead of part of the problem and then saying, well, someone else will figure it out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Or, or not recognizing that there is a problem sometimes is the problem. Um, but it, it is neat to see the, the younger kids teaching the adults. And mm -hmm. when I say kids, that could even be the 20-somethings at this point. Yeah. <laughs> but to see them teaching... Our, our communities teaching the adults that are in their lives um, you know about ways to protect our environment and you know all the effects that our past behaviors and a lot of it unbeknownst to us mm -hmm. but you have to recognize when there is a problem yeah so what's one thing that you're looking forward to experiencing over the rest of, of 2021 oh my gosh I can't get any further than penguins at this point. Penguins, <laughs> penguins are my life. Yeah, penguins are so much my life that now my smartphone targets 
anything and everything about penguins to me. Yeah. Yes. Building everything. the algorithm around penguins. It, it is, yeah. because I've talked about it so yeah. much over the last three years. Been engaged. With yes. Um, but, but that's the focus for 2021. So have you actually got the, have you been able to walk through the exhibit yet? Or Most of it. Yeah. Um, some of it's still a little bit limiting because right. of construction yeah but most of it yeah that's that's one of the weirdest experiences as an architect because you you design a building you build it i mean you pretty much have free reign up until a point the owner takes over and then all of a sudden it's not yours anymore and when you show up at the door they're like who are you like and i'm like okay man and, and that can be you know yeah. it can be sometimes like 18 months to couple of years or more or more uh and you're of your life and you're just like okay it's over and it's kind of a weird feeling yeah i didn't know if that was gonna be similar like you'll get to see the penguins enjoying it but having that ability to just yeah i can relate to the architects because you know i'm not the animal expert and i'm not the building expert at all um and so much credit goes to the zoo staff and, and team that did develop all the plans and and did all that groundwork. But for penguins to be so much part of my life for the last three years and the fundraising aspect and, and how it was communicated to people, I'm now seeing that transfer over to things like marketing mm-hmm. or, you know, planning of the actual habitat and what happens and and the control because it's like when can i see the penguins yeah i i helped raise the money right you know sorry you know because we have protocols and all justifiable to to keep the animal safe but yeah so so like kind of that transference is happening and sometimes it's hard to take but but you do but it's also very pleasing because that's the kind of person I am. I start a project and hand it off and then I'm going to start my next project. Next one. Africa. Africa. You know Africa. You said, Africa. Something, next. yeah. So, it's next. So one of the uh, enhancements to this is I found this nice little pod decks interview questions and we tried it last time with Julie. So there's just a bunch of random questions. Like this one right here. What characteristic are you most known for? Like these questions. Would you be uh, so kind to play the game, or Absolutely. would you like to pass? No. Random questions. <laughs> yes. Yeah, okay. Here we go. All right. Pick a card. Any card. They almost look like cards against humanity. <laughs> I was I was okay with that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness, which talent would you most like to have? Which talent would you most like to have? That's a tough one. Yeah. Hmm. I'm going to have to take a minute on that. Are you guys answering this too? Damn, yeah. I think we all should. Yeah, give me a minute to think. So. <laughs> yeah, mine will be quick. Will it? Go ahead, yeah. then. Uh, playing music. Playing the guitar. Yeah. Yep. I would just... I, I, you know, I pra- it was just one thing when you're you're an architect and just can never carve out the time to actually do it and be good at it. And just... It's just something I could probably sit there and just play and meditate. And it would be yeah. fun to me. Yeah. So that's just something I... Wish I would have. I wish I would have done it when I was little. You know, mm-hmm. done, gone through the lessons and practiced, and just never did because of sports and everything else. So, yeah, no, I get it. I, I played some musical instruments. Guitar would be the one that I would want to play. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, I didn't take on that interest until later in life and realized that it's going to be a little bit difficult with short fingers. So. Hey, yeah. If you listen to our podcast, we have somebody in Boonville that yeah. can build that for you. you. Really? Can help you out. Nice. Jacob Harper. I'll have, Harper to, I'll have to look that one up. He can probably help design it. So 
Yeah. I would say probably um, talent-wise, art. If I could be like a true painter of some sort mm -hmm. that, you know, just to be able to layer in all mm -hmm. of the different ways that they layer in color and the actual object that they're painting and I mean to make it come to life the way that they do would yep. just be incredible talent to have. So did you do the Bob Ross event? On I didn't I or? didn't because I I took a vacation this oh. year. <laughs> 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 yes. Vacation. That's a good excuse. Yeah. Yeah. I you know all the talent um the hardest thing from like literally just to listen like as someone who wants like his got has 20 different things coming up mm -hmm. every every moment of we could create this and we can connect that and mm -hmm. we can build that uh i wish i had just the like i'm i'm 100 percent aware of it now and i'm able to, but i wish i just had the ability to listen more like yeah. that natural you know just to say that quiet piece where it is. Mm -hmm. I, I just want I want I'd love to be a better listener, to have the ability yeah. to do that. It and that the is hard to do that. Yes, it is very hard, I think, for anyone who's like throwing out ideas in their mind constantly, um, those dreamers and, and that kind of thing or the futuristic people. Because yeah. I tend to be it's it's funny because I whenever I talk with different mm. people, it seems to me like there's people who kind of live in the past, that nostalgia vibe, you know, and like they're yeah. they're thinking and always talking about the past. And then there's people who typically like talk about the future, you know, and mm -hmm. what can we do better and let's do this and let's do that. And I just find that fascinating about people and I wonder like I rarely meet someone who is just now and they're just showing up to listen yeah well and that's just it's it's in our innate like whether it's you know five voices or Myers-Briggs or whatever it is if you like there are you know 72 percent of the population is right now but the ones that are typically leading the conversation mm -hmm. are like 18%. But because of their innate natural communication styles lead mm -hmm. the dialogue. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, I wish I, you know, I, I had, you know, just the skill to. Yeah. But that's who I am. I just, I want to do what's next. I want to, I want to enhance whatever we've spent the last 20 years perfecting mm -hmm. it can be even better uh, but and I can I, I see it I communicate it I, you know it could be done and but it all the systems and processes that come behind it uh, are beknownst to me I can't you know mm -hmm. put them all together but listening is mine so where do we uh, how we wrap this up Mike what, what are you thinking well you haven't asked the last thing about Go ahead. how do our listeners connect with you Ah, so I am on social media. Just look me at my name. Um, but follow Mesker Park Zoo. Um, on Facebook, we are on Instagram. We have a website, MeskerParkZoo.com. We have a YouTube channel. And we are also on LinkedIn now. So follow us and share our, you know, share our story. It's It's a wonderful story that we get to see what unfolds every day at the zoo amazing yeah yeah well for our listeners uh i once again have to thank mike awesome host over there uh thank you to vps architecture extend group uh thank you jennifer for coming out and hanging out with us it's been you know an amazing uh last one hour right right on one hour but uh yeah please get over and visit the new uh penguin so Patagonia, is that right? Yeah, Penguins of Patagonia. Yep, check that out as well as all the other. I mean, make sure you still stop by the monkey uh, ship and, and and hear the <laughs> stories there. Um, please like, share, tell us on on any platform what you like about the F530 on Main podcast. 
Uh, we're on social media as well. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on uh, LinkedIn. Probably coming to a TikTok near you sometime. <laughs> these videos that we're capturing right here would be great content. Just you know, thirty seconds of 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 the conversation. Uh, like, share, contribute uh, on the Extend Group website and VPS. You can uh, tell us uh, what you'd like to hear about it. There's a form on there. It says uh, submit your ideas, submit uh, uh, a recommendation for some for someone to be on the podcast. Yeah. So we can't make it better if we don't hear from you. This is a true uh, listener experience. Uh, we don't want to be talking of what we we just believe and what we feel. We want to hear from you. So. Thank you for joining us yes. today. Mike, as always, thank you at 530 on Main and the Extension Studio, 530 Main Street, Evansville. Until next time. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of At 530 on Main, hosted by Sean Collins and Mike Davis. Please leave us a review and share your thoughts on today's episode. Let us know how you've been inspired or what you would like to hear on future episodes. And if you've enjoyed the conversation, help us spread the word. Share us on your social channels. Message a friend. Rate the podcast. Without you, this experience would not be possible.